Lighten like a cold quench of Dr. Pepper. 23 flavors. <laughs> Hashtag still not a sponsor. <laughs> Gotta make it happen. Come on, Dr. Pepper. <sighs> Gotta speak it into uh, existence. Uh, well, <laughs> you ready to... Uh, I don't know. I was going to say one of our normal things. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. You ready just to go? Ready to do this thing? I'm ready. Are you recording live? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, I'm let's act- do it live. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World Late Night. That's right. It's your weekly dose of 1995's top show featuring two teenage boys who love farm animals i'm your host with the most dad number one brett looking at this lovely 90s show and joining me this week on the microphone as always is dad number two tyler If this is your first time with us, we are two dads who love to look back at Boy Meets World, a show that we both loved and grew up with that taught us many things. And as dads, we like to look back and uh, just kind of see what kind of things we can still learn from it. And hey, we both show it to our kids and they both, well, both, they all love it. (laughs) Tyler, how are you this week? Is that what we're doing here? That's what I was doing. What were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Going crazy, Brett. That's what I was doing. Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, We're just, we are kind of super busy today. My mother-in-law just got into town. So we are full-fledged just madhouse now for the next two weeks um but that's okay because we had to rearrange some rooms a little bit to make sure we have more space and i don't know if you guys know this out there but babies and children both take up a lot of space and also use not a whole lot of space so it's complicated mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do have a rant for you, Brett, that's a little long, and I don't know if you actually want to use it or not, so you can let me know if you want me to go off on my rant right now, or just wait for it. (laughs) All right, so the football season has officially begun, right? Yes, it has. You know, we had college games so far, we've had uh, high school for different states are either multiple weeks in or just one or two weeks in, and the NFL... You know, kicked off last week as of recording, and there's been a, another Thursday night game. By the time this comes out, there will be officially two weeks of football. So who knows how this week went? But I have a problem with one uh, person with the number twelve, <laughs> and uh, that person is no longer in the the NFL. He officially retired again. Uh, quote unquote <laughs> retired again and it's this this decision made by let's just say the media to dub said person the goat <laughs> goat meaning greatest of all time and it never really like I never gave too much thought to it but 
you know, I've been seeing a bunch of stuff about LeBron James as of late because he may retire. He may not retire. And my problem with LeBron James and Tom Brady are the same. And that is rules were adapted and changed to benefit those two. Um, they would often put themselves in situations to be able to get the most out of their experiences with the least amount of actual dedication and time required to do so. And also, most importantly, I will never be okay with anybody uh, saying someone is the greatest unless they themselves forced a really bad team to go from nothing to a championship dynasty. So if you take a look at the, say, the, the Bulls, if you will, in the 90s, <laughs> in the 80s, they were garbage. Actually, their whole franchise was garbage until when Michael Jordan came around. Michael Jordan forced the Bulls to become a championship team. He would not rest. He would not stop until they three-peated. Did he retire and go away? Yes. And when he came back, they three-peated again. That is greatness. That is goat-worthy stature. Uh, Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. Michael Phelps is arguably the most dominant and greatest swimmer of all time, at least in the men's department. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, you know, Tiger Woods. You know, there, there are names out there that you can argue are the GOAT. But I can never accept, A, LeBron James as the GOAT, because Michael Jordan is the GOAT. There's nothing he can do now to stop that. And for for the Tom Brady of it all, uh, <laughs> two of the championships he won, they won with last-second field goals. And I get it. That's part of football. But... You know, the Bills were a field goal away from having their own Super Bowl and becoming a dynasty. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're one of your you're a foot or two off from having a dynasty and not having a dynasty based on a kick, which should not be a determination of greatness, in my opinion, for for the individual player for the team. I get it. Great. You won as a team, although there's speculation of cheating and that was well documented and proven, <laughs> which the NFL did absolutely nothing about. So that's a whole nother argument for somewhere else. Um, Tom Brady had defenses that were really good for the first four Super Bowls he went to. And then uh, for the last ones, I would argue that it was not uh, he who dominated the other team, but the other teams that would not purposefully do this, but unfortunately they would overthink everything they would do and thus would not put themselves into the right positions. They wouldn't put certain players in in games. They wouldn't, you know, use certain players the way they had all season because they're like we got to beat we got to beat the pa the Patriots and this is the way we're going to do it and it's just you know, at no point in all of their dominance, and I get it, the Patriots and Tom Brady went to a bunch of Super Bowls. They were always in the AFC Championship for quite some time. I get it. There's dominance there, but football is a very complicated sport, and it can't be all based on, say, just the quarterback making it happen. 
if you want to argue for a quarterback coming into a team and forcing it to become a championship team, I would point to, say, a Peyton Manning. I'd point to a John Elway. I'd paint to a Joe Montana. You know, there are guys that have come in and said, our team has to be better. I will force this team to be better. And guys who came into the league with already a solid roster and continually had a solid roster and yes, forced them to be better. But you'd argue that the coach really was the one that drove that forcing to be better. And people go, well, he won in Tampa. He had an all-star worth of players on that team. <laughs> People that took pay cuts to be on that team with him. You're telling me that these all-star teams that have formed around LeBron James and Tom Brady are equal to actually put together teams that are melted and gelled together that are actually like real units and real family those things are better than say what the Bulls did in the 90s I'd say not because <laughs> technically when you think about it the Bulls repeated three times or two times with roughly the same rosters each time plus or minus a player or two but the main core of that of those three peats really were in line every single time so you know also, the San Antonio Spurs. I'd point to them with more greatness than I would at LeBron James. So this is my long-winded argument to say that a lot of the GOAT conversations that tend to pop up on ESPN is a bunch of garbage, and I, I'm over it, and I hate it. And I think we have to suck it up and accept the fact that rules were changed to make people's lives easier and to make sure people say like the, the way that Brett Favre's career ended. They didn't want that to happen to guys like a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know. Eli Manning, they were fine with that happening to him. But certain guys, they really wanted to protect and make sure they weren't crumbling, you know, on their last game. So that's my long-winded rant of of annoyance, of complaint, of the two-headed annoying monster that is LeBron James and Tom Brady, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been one of those things that's been like in the back of my mind for quite some time. And I finally figured out what I wanted to say about it. And I got plenty more to say about LeBron James whenever basketball season comes up. But we're not in basketball season. We're in the greatest season possible, Brett. That's football season. That's right. <laughs> and all I got to say is go Colts. All right. Well, I just got back from a. Uh, I was gonna say, what's up with you, Brett? Yeah. <laughs> I just got back from a band show. We had uh, nine marching bands from the area that were playing, and uh, so I got to see a lot of good marching bands, hear a lot of good music, nice. and uh, yeah, I got to see Abby and Toby both uh, doing a lot of great stuff. My parents went. Uh, my brother was there. Yeah, just a lot of great music, a lot of great marching, a lot of good schools showing off their stuff. So uh, good evening had by all. And uh, yeah, nice. Took forever to get home. But uh, yeah, I'm home finally. <laughs> and ready fair, to talk about fair. Boy Meets World and a pig. I think it's about time. Yes. So uh, let's talk about episode six of season three. This little piggy 
did not cry wee 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 all the way home. Eric is having aspirations of attending Yale, Yale, and wants <laughs> Feeney's help. One of my favorite jokes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sean decides to keep an abandoned pig as a pet, but Topanga feels that an apartment is not a proper environment for a hog. Will Corey side with his best friend or his girlfriend? This episode is written by a returning writing team of Mark Blutgang and Howard Blutman and Howard Busgang. I always do that with these guys. Directed by Jeff McCracken. Originally aired November 3rd, 1995. And currently has an IMD, IMDB rating of 7.5. And now it's time for everyone's favorite game show. Best emotional damage. Yeah. Tyler, what do you think the Nielsen rating is for this little piggy? Now, last week's episode pulled in a 13.8, and we've been seeing a uh, mostly a decline, but kind of a fluctuation. So with last episode being 13.8, what do you think this little piggy pulled in in the first week of November? Uh, I'm going to go with 10.8. 10.8. Boy. You went the wrong direction. This is a bounce back week up to 16.7. Yeah, the, now, uh, good-looking people, if uh, you don't remember back or weren't alive, back in the 90s and 80s and early aughts, November and February were big months for TV, and they called them sweeps months. And so they'd try to get stunt casting and big plot lines and stuff. So when you see shows in November and February, that's where you really get your big pushes. So... Uh, we'll get to a little bit of stunt casting later, but yeah, we had a bounce up to by almost a solid 3 million viewers this week, this week. So, uh, let's talk about this little piggy. We're going to start out in the halls of John Adams high where Sean is, uh, talking to Corey about this goldfish he used to have that he finally replaced, which Corey reminds him actually was a turtle <laughs> and, uh, well, he replaced him with a pig. Uh, he found this pig in the trailer park gnawing on his Uncle Sal's peg leg. And, uh, well, uh, the peg leg, uh, Corey's worried that Uncle Sal's not going to be able to get around without the peg leg. But Uncle Sal was still using the peg leg. He just didn't notice. Yep. <laughs> so. Um Thinking of notice, Brett, did you notice that Corey's locker looks completely different this week? I did notice that, yes. They they weren't framing this very well right away. They, they blocked it a little bit sloppily. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's legit like a big locker. I have no idea why. Mm -hmm. It just is. Like yeah. it's a hundred percent like a big locker. It's not the small locker he has throughout the whole yeah, time. Definitely it's a big not locker. the locker genie. And I don't know if it's just a convenience thing that they couldn't get a, the right locker or whatever after the whole locker genie situation. But for whatever reason, this episode they have 
Yep. A big locker. Yeah. Uh, Don't get it, but that's the way it is. We'll have to be on locker watch for next week, see if he goes back to the uh, the traditional size locker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be offensive to this episode, Brent, but this is lit- legitimately one of those that's like, oh, yeah, this is the one where Corey gets the pig, and the pig's around for a while, and then Topanga calls about the pig and they have to run away from the guy but somehow they still get it and this is also the one where eric goes to the opera mm-hmm. like that that's the episode like, <laughs> i don't want to boil it down to just as basic but like uh, this is just one of those episodes where there's not a there's not a whole lot of depth to this episode it's also like not one of those episodes where it's like Next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Like, I guess this is one where it breathes a little bit more. Like, this is the story that is happening. We're we're sitting in this scene for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Sean has a pig, and his name is Little Corey. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we'll we'll do a little bit of digging, good looking people, just just to you know, so we're so our podcast isn't. Uh, oh, we're. You know, we're at like 10 minutes. We're we're getting into this thing. It's just more more of a nuisance. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll dig into a little bit. But uh, here we are. Um, So here we go. Our our first clip. I I, I have a few clips here. Sean, I see what's going on. I'm spending way too much time with the panga, and this is your oh-so-subtle way of showing me that I can be replaced by a common pig. Come on, Corey. As flattered as you are, this pig has nothing to do with you. Come on, little Cory. Time for class. Sean. Hey, it's the first name that popped in my head. Oh, he's so adorable. What's your name, cute fella? His name's little Cory. I can see that. Where'd you get him? I found him. Well, we have to find a nice home for little Cory. He has one. With me? No, I mean a proper home where he can run around. He can run around with me. Come on, Sean. Do you really know how to raise a pig? Panga, it sounds like you're trying to tell me what to do. Well, it sounds like someone should. Guys, guys, lighten up. I mean, any way you slice it, it's only a pig, right? <laughs> <laughs> slice it. Oh, uh, yes. There's going to be yeah. some jokes like that, good-looking people. I, visually, this is a fantastic moment because just Corey's complete obliviousness to what he just said is very funny. <laughs> right. Well, and I will say, this is the first episode where this is really a Corey, Topanga, and Sean storyline. Yes. Like, we've had them do stuff together and around each other, near each other, but this is the first time that all three of them together are doing things actively all at once. Yes. In this dynamic. And this is a dynamic we're going to see carried through the rest of the show but for right now this is kind of a you know Corey wants to make both of them happy and the two of them are at odds so how is he going to handle that mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's i i like that they're setting this up and so there's there's our thrust for the episode sean's got a new pig Corey likes that fact topanga completely has the problem with it. And yep. so Topanga is the villain. Yes, Topanga is the villain of this story. So we cut to break, we come back. Uh the pig uh 
But the pig is dressed for school, by the way. <laughs> yes. Somehow they found clothes for the pig. Okay, cool. They found clothes. They've got a backpack. And uh, but oh, the jig's up. Mr. Feeney is on his way. The pig knows to run to the doggy door that has been installed on the locker onto Sean's how, locker. How did they install that? Uh, janitor Bud. So somehow. They're able to to do things with their locker to adjust it, but they also able to get a doggy door into their locker. <laughs> uh, are we talking episodes going to episode, or are we talking a Gubwa level here yet? Well, this is a Gubwa. This is <laughs> totally a Gubwa. A Gubwa. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so the pig is the. Uh, he just knows. He knows. He impresses Sean. But here we arrive at the other plot of this episode. Eric. Mr. Feeney, imagine finding you here. I work here. <laughs> what can I do for you, Mr. Matthews? No, I've been thinking about school, reading up on colleges, trying to pick uh-huh. the right one for me. Huh? Girls of the Ivy League. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Matthews. Oh, no, uh, wait, Mr. Feeney, Mr. Feeney. Um, have you heard of a college called Yale? You mean Yale? Yeah, is that one any good? It's one of the finest universities in the country. Eric, hear my words. It's no party school. Oh, well, uh, excuse me, Mr. Feeney, but according to this here girl floating on the raft reading the physics book, Yale rocks. Eric, Yale has perhaps the highest admission standards in the country. Drats. Now, have you thought of applying to someplace more accessible? Maybe a state school? Maybe a preschool? I love Mr. Feeney's guidance that is at the same time just dripping in snark. (laughs) Maybe a state school? Maybe a preschool? (laughs) It just, I, I hear this conversation and my mind immediately goes back to, your grades, Mr. Matthews, couldn't get you a Slurpee. And this, okay, this is a good topic of hand for us to get into, Brett. Eric is a great candidate for community college. Yes. And and the fact that they're in Philadelphia, and there's no way there's not community colleges in Philadelphia, that that Feeney wouldn't say to him, listen, you, you struggle. I know you want to go to college. Here's the best way for you to go to school. And the test if you actually want to keep going in this, and that is community college mm-hmm. and Eric could easily do a class or two community college and also work mm-hmm. and that would fit for Eric and probably he actually might enjoy that like yep. you know I have a job I don't really care for but hey I go once a week I go twice a week or whatever to a class and I learn and hey I'm choosing what I learn so maybe it's not that bad but it's just this this slight annoyance and frustration I have with this time period of you've got to go to college. You have to go to a four-year college, nothing else. That's it. Mm-hmm. Four-year college. That's all we want to do. And yep. so many people, myself included, would have benefited from going to community college. Mm-hmm. Because I took two classes that did not count towards my degree my freshman year, and I was paying for my full-blown private school education and literally didn't get counted for two grades. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just that frustration of this is a bill of goods that kids get sold and people would be better off to go to, you know, community college first and then transfer. And I don't understand why we don't, we're not pushing that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, today we we do. And, yeah, understandably, 1995, this idea of community college, it, it was something that was, you know, it's almost looked down on. Uh, you know, today, good looking people embrace the idea. Use community college as an option to find out if college and that further step of that type of education is there is something that you are built for, something that is for you. It would have been great for Eric, like like Tyler says, like we say so many times. Uh, so Eric goes on to pressure Feeney. Uh, yes or no question. How many people get into Yale every year? No. Yale. <laughs> Yale. <laughs> uh, Mr. Feeney knows someone at Yale. Oh, hold on. Before you keep going, Brett, we cannot <laughs> skip the fact that somehow Eric has a catalog for the Ivy League girls, and that's how the Ivy League is trying to promote itself to get more people to apply. I don't think this is an Ivy League product. (laughs) Girls of the Ivy League does not sound like something that the Ivy League would put out. That sounds like something that is a completely different category by a completely different production company that good looking people, I would not encourage my children or any of you to go anywhere near. Yeah. Well, so it's just a matter of how (laughs) distracted is Eric by pretty girls that all he has to do is see the logo and go, oh, that's where I want to be is with those pretty girls. It's on, it's Eric, on brand for Eric. There's pretty girls everywhere. <laughs> there's pretty girls at Philadelphia Community College. Yes. Every single town in this country, there's a pretty girl. <laughs> they're probably not on a raft reading a physics book, but they're there. Yes. <laughs> uh, 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 Eric kind of gets the idea that Feeney's looking for a bribe. And so we'll we'll revisit that idea in a little bit. And then we're going to go visit uh, Sean and Turner's apartment. And Mr. Turner's sleeping on the couch and, uh, you know, making out with little Corey while he's sleeping. We find out this is not the first time that he's woken up to the pig kissing him because uh, he says, you can keep the pig, but he's not allowed to kiss me. <laughs> well, n- notice what name he's... Uh calling out as the pig is licking him Mm -hmm. yes yes Catherine you wild woman oh Catherine (laughs) I wonder if this is Cat or if he's dating a new woman named Catherine maybe I mean my headcanon says there's a strong chance after he's on the other side of the school he may uh, pursue a relationship with her again Mm mm-hmm that's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean can have the pig. It's all his responsibility. John is very hands off with the pig. He wants nothing to do with it. He's okay with the pig being there, but he's very hands off. He wants nothing to do with it. No responsibility. Um, I kind of get the feeling that Sean's a little bit miffed by that, but um, 
I, I can't fault John for that. My other question was going to be, does he have a, a pet clause in his uh, rental agreement that if he has a four-legged animal, he has to pay a higher there's rent? There's at least a that security deposit happens for a to pet. most places. Yeah. I mean, there's a, and, I mean, there's at least a security deposit for it. And honestly, if uh, we'll, get, we'll get into it when animal control is called. If the area is not zoned for a pig, I'm sure the apartment's definitely not. So, I mean, there's at least a security deposit. John's definitely keeping the pig there on the down low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Corey comes by, brings a, a present, and uh, let's let's uh, get into another clip here. The squirrel bank? But they didn't have any piggy banks? Well, I didn't think something where you shove metal into a pig's back would be that appealing to him. <laughs> Smart. Hey, listen, I think I'll be able to hook up with you and Topanga at Chubby's later. Cool? Why, you're going to leave little Cory alone? You think that's a good idea? Oh, yeah. It's all here and what to expect when you're raising a pig. <laughs> One to tell your pig about bacon. Cory, little ears. I love Boy Meets World books. There are yeah. so many of them I want to read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds like a good title for like a brand new farmer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love the, I love Corey's. Corey's very thoughtful about this gift. No piggy bank. The idea of shoving metal in the back of a pig. Not something that appealed to little Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we do find out Topanga's still upset with Sean keeping a pig in the apartment. Sean wants nothing to do with that. It's none of Topanga's business. And Corey is not happy being in the middle of this. I don't blame him. No. I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> want to be either. Yeah, I mean, this is a good point for us to talk about the spread of when two people are forcing you to be in the middle of their own conflict. That's that's not kind of them to do that to you. Mm -mm. And, you know, they're in high school, so I get that. And I I don't blame them for that. But like as grown adults, if two people force you in the middle of their squabble, you have to question your relationship with those people, regardless of what title is on both of them mm-hmm. um you know and i will say that uh when my wife and i were first dating and she was getting to know some of my friends there was a point when she one of my friends was having an issue and i just kind of looked at both of them and i was like i'm not getting in the middle of any of this like it's either you guys work together or you don't like i can't be the person that you know squelches the things like mm-hmm. i love you both but i'm not yeah, I I learned a long time ago, good looking people, when someone wants to put me in the middle of something, I am very quick to say, look, I am happy to listen to you. I'm happy to give you advice, but I am not going to take sides here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will help you figure things out, but I'm not taking sides. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is both Topanga and Sean want him on his side. Mm-hmm. And there is no side for Corey to keep them both happy which is the only thing Corey wants because he's a middle child he wants harmony <laughs> he does that's what we do <laughs> yeah so we're gonna hop back over to the matthews backyard eric's gonna meet up with mr feeney at the fence and open that gate yes and uh official gate yep yep and he's gonna try to butter him up mr feeney imagine finding you here i live here just like he works at the school. 
delicious. Uh, thinking about what you said about how you had friends at Yale, and I was wondering if you would take what it would take for a man like George Feeney to. Oh, look what Eric dropped. Aren't you going to pick that up? Why? Eric dropped it. <laughs> uh, so Eric's trying to uh, bribe Feeney. And here we go. Another clip. Two box seats to tomorrow night's opera? Mm-hmm. Is this a bribe? Oh, no, 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 no. This isn't a bribe. This is a, this is me doing something nice for you, hoping that someday you'll do something nice for me. Deal! Deal! Mr. Matthews, I will do something nice for you. Places like Yale embrace young people with culture. I like what I'm hearing, Mr. Feeney. Good. Then I'll pick you up at 7.30. Feeney say what? Feeney say 7.30. Feeney say what? (laughs) If that was cleaner audio, I would have clipped Feeney say what (laughs) by itself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's pretty great, honestly. I love how Feeney's turning this on its head for Eric, and he's he's gonna take Eric, and he's gonna he's gonna teach Eric basically through this whole thing. Yeah, well, he's basically taking his bluff and saying, "Great, you get to come with me." Yeah, let's go to the opera together. <laughs> yeah, so Eric's gonna go to the opera with Feeney, and we're gonna head over to Chubby's in the back room where Sean is using the pig as a babe magnet. Yes. Okay, but everything that Sean does is a babe magnet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's Sean. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, we've got Topanga and Corey coming in, and Topanga is not happy. We find out Corey's been playing both sides of the fence. He was supposed to talk to Sean for Corey or for Topanga, and uh, she uh, talks to Sean. And you know, we find out Sean's reading other books. The according yep. to the book he's been reading, farm farm animals make great pets. Farm animals make great pets. (laughs) It's a throwaway joke, but it's interesting that this pig and his commitment to it has gotten Sean to read so much. Yeah. It's almost like when he wants to read something, he will. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we'll see it all throughout the series, but when Sean is interested and when his passion is engaged, he will just throw himself into education in many different ways reading writing research whatever it takes and so we get the ultimate the ultimate call topanga and sean are both putting Corey on the floor pick a side and Corey sides with topanga and we fade to black dun 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 And we come back, and uh, we got a great scene in the kitchen. We've got Alan and Amy, and I clipped the whole thing because this is all of the Alan and Amy we get in the episode. Last night at Chubby, Sean was out with this pig. Hey, 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 I brought you up better than to talk like that. A real pig. And he really loves it, but Topanga doesn't think he should keep a pig in the apartment, and I kind of took her side. Oh, well, um, did you think she was right? Yeah, but... You know, he's right, too. But you sided with Topanga. Yeah. Well, of course he did. He's a guy. What else is he going to do? 
<laughs> he could have told Topanga how he felt. No, she would have been mad at me. Well, now Sean's mad. Seriously, Cora, if you thought they both were right, you shouldn't have taken sides. Well, it sounds easy. Why was it so hard? Well, being caught between your best friend and your girlfriend is tough. You're growing up. It's not always easy in the real world. I'm going to Yale. I'm going to It's a little easier in his world. I, I like just the bluntness that comes from Alan there. That I mean, it's not any sugar-coated, here's what you do. It's just, look, here's the reality. It's not as easy. We get, why didn't you tell Topanga what you feel, what, what you feel like? Well, it would have made her upset. Well, now Sean's not happy. You know, like, well, it sounds easy. Why is it so hard? It, it is hard. That's the reality. That's what it's like in the real world. There's no, I mean, there's simple advice there, but it's not easy. There's simple guidance there, but it's not easy. You just need to be honest. Yeah. Um,. I, I do love their advice. They're, it's not in this episode long, but it is great advice that they're giving him. Like, hey, you're caught in between your friend and your girlfriend, and that's a really tough place to be in. And it's not easy. And yep. it's not like they can say, this is what you have to do. It's just like, you, you got to figure out how you're going to handle this because mm-hmm. this is part of real life. But I do love the end of... <laughs> Eric running through <laughs> and uh, you know they'd be like except for him it's a little easier in his world <laughs> yeah and uh, when Corey finds Sean in the cafeteria and he tries to apologize um, I really like Sean's explanation of why little Corey means so much to him and I, I clipped it because I wanted to sh- I wanted to hear Sean's explanation of why his connection is so important to him. He's only a pig. Yeah, it's only a pig to you, to Panga, and whoever abandoned him at the trailer park. How do you know he was abandoned? The trailer park manager told me his owners just drove off and left him. He's all alone, man. No home, no family, nothing. Poor guy. Yeah, I know what he's going through. I've been there. Don't you see? Yeah, I think I do. I'm not mad at you. If you took your girlfriend's side, I'd have probably done the same thing. Pigs and women, man. Yeah, like my dad always said, they'll both break your heart. I mean, Sean, I mean, it's a recurring theme. We're going to see it through the end of the series, but Sean knows what it feels like to be abandoned. And... Uh he sees this he sees himself in the pig and he sees an opportunity to connect with the kindred spirit he sees an opportunity to give a a fellow soul that's been abandoned a loving home uh, some sense of permanence something that he has yearned for and has found some semblance of himself and he wants to to share that and that's something that Topanga doesn't know. That's something that up to this moment, Corey doesn't know. And on some level, Mr. Turner understands, but he doesn't know the full story. 
Well, even if he does know the story, it doesn't resonate emotionally with him like it does Sean. Yeah. Oh, no. No. But, I mean, he could understand that this is an emotional decision that Sean has made, and Mm -hmm. he has to help allow him to work through that. Yeah. Yeah, completely. It's complicated. It is. That's never easy. No, never no. simple. <laughs> He's with some pig. I ta- I raised you better than that. <laughs> no, no, real pig. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to head over to Turner's apartment. Corey as. He's arranged for Topanga to come see how good a home the apartment is for little Corey. And uh, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, of course not. Sean's, of course, uh, he's he, he gives in. He's a little oversensitive because Topanga tries to be helpful. The lights out in the hallway. Get out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, little Corey disappears. Sean thinks he dissolved into broth because they left in the tub. But no, it turns out Topanga left the door open and little Corey escaped. Which I will say when you have an animal inside of a place. Animal of any you, kind. You got to <laughs> shut that door as soon as you get in there. We have three dogs and a cat. And if you leave the door, any door open in our house, the cat and two of the three dogs will find their way out of that door within seconds. <laughs> yeah. So any animal, and not just a pig, any animal will find their way out of an open door. So yes. you can't just blame the pig. Uh, so Sean's going to go looking for the pig. Corey's going to stay by the phone in case he calls. <laughs> Funny little moment. Uh, Turner comes walking in with the pig in his arm. Uh, it was outside heading for the rib shack. <laughs> and here is where we find out that Topanga now Topanga knows that she made the right call she's already called animal control before she came over to see that the apartment was a, a good home she did not come over under the right terms she had already made the call right she Topanga was not acting as Sean's friend not at all Topanga viewed this as she needs to do the best thing for the pig which she could have had a conversation with her quote unquote friend Mm -hmm. and she didn't yeah and the only reason I don't view this as completely uh, uncharacteristic for Topanga is through two, just a little over two seasons, we know Topanga is a very nature-minded individual. Yeah. And she will put animals very, very high on, on an importance list. Um, But Regardless, she did make the wrong call here. She made the call to animal control before coming over. And so in the process, she lied to Corey as well by coming over under false pretenses. Yeah. So which honestly, that that is a big problem for me in their relationship of mm-hmm. her deciding this is what she's going to do and lying to her boyfriend about why she's there. Yeah. Again, they're in high school. 
It's a huge difference if they're adults, but that's not good for a well-balanced relationship. Yeah, that's that's definitely not. Learn now, good-looking people, if you were in high school. Don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sean and Corey are gonna are, are gonna leave uh, because they're they're gonna try and keep this pig from animal control. Come on, Sean. We got some serious pig hiding to do. Corey is changing which side he's on. Uh, he's leaving Topanga in the dust, and re- Topanga is starting to realize she may have made the wrong call. And Mr. Turner lets Topanga in that in some. Uh, in some ways, when you live the life Sean has lived, he needs the pig more than the pig needs Sean. And so we're going to transition over to the opera. Eric is not enjoying himself. What teenage boy would <laughs> who's not musically inclined? Yes. Uh, I, I can think of a handful of guys that I've known over the years as a teenager would be interested in the opera because of the musicness of it all. Mm-hmm. But if you put someone like me in the opera, <laughs> I was going to be like, boring. I, I love all kinds of music, and I don't know that I would have been able to sit through a traditional opera setting in high school. And I, I love all kind, almost all kinds of music. Like, I mean, just for instance, Mr. Feeney, I'm dying. We've been here for like two hours. It's been 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, but... We've been that Feeny in those moments of just like, yeah. hey, seriously, I'm doing this for you. <laughs> yeah. Stop complaining. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Feeny's going to reveal why he is here with Eric. And I, I clipped this as well. I'm fatter than you are. I'm fatter than you are. Mr. Matthews, hush. Mr. Finney, I appreciate you helping me get into Yale and everything. Oh, this Mr. Matthews, I couldn't get you into Yale. I couldn't get you into a Yale sweatshirt. Oh, well, excuse me, mister. I'll just take the tickets and then not complete the other half of the deal. The only deal I've ever made with you is to be your teacher and friend. And with that, the responsibility to help make you a better person. Mr. Feeney, I don't want to be a better person. I just want to party with the girl on the raft. Yes, well, you won't be doing that at Yale. So I came here for nothing. Mr. Feeney reveals that he has promised to be a friend to Eric here. Not just a, a, a mentor, a guide, but he's promised to be a friend to Eric here. And we're we're seeing more of the the building blocks to what we will f- will will see throughout the entire series, but we're really seeing this relationship take take shape. And so, uh, you know, this this conversation continues that you know this is a nice plan for Mister Feeney, but this kind of thing Eric feels is lost on him until he hears some music he recognizes. It's a piece by Wagner, but mm-hmm. he knows it from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. And that gets him interested. There's so many beautiful classic 
songs out there Mm -hmm. that without something to connect you to that emotion, it can feel like it doesn't fit. So for him, yeah, you need something that you've heard before, something you have an emotional connection to, to then connect to the actual music. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, while Eric's enjoying the opera, finally, we're going to hop over to Corey and Sean hiding little Corey at the Matthews house. And there's a a doorbell. And we're going to open the door and see a familiar face. That's right. Because a gentleman named Victor is at the door, but he looks very familiar. Richard Karn has showed up, shown up on Boy Meets World. First and only time we're going to see him. I mentioned stunt casting in November. Here it is. 58 acting credits to Richard's name, including shows like Burke's Law, voice acting on Recess, MVP2, That 70s Show, Air Buddies, Snow Buddies, Last Last Man Standing, Pen15, other things, but we all know him and love him as Al Borland from Home Improvement. I don't. Uh, think I don't so. think so, Brett. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but Victor is a very uh, uh, believes he himself to be overqualified for the job he has with animal control. He's required by law to show his badge. He doesn't have a badge. Uh, they don't give them cards. Uh, he's. Uh, uh, he's very snarky. Uh, he's got all kinds of notes on people that he's trying to interact with. Sean, uh, five, five. Sean's not five, five. That's very short. Sean's like five, ten. <laughs> I don't think he's five, ten yet. No, but he's definitely not five, five. No, probably he's not. at least five, eight. But he's very snarky, and I mean, it's very hilarious. I didn't clip any of it because I was already getting too much clip, but it's a lot of fun to watch. But either way, you know, Corey and Sean are uh, getting a little too confident. Uh, My dear Sean, my little Corey, and then little Corey shows up walking down the stairs. I am curious if Topanga called Animal Control, though. And Animal Control was supposed to show up at Mr. Turner's apartment looking for the pig. Unless it's because Victor is so thorough. How did he know to show up at the Matthews house? I mean, if she gave aliases of both Corey and Sean, those are the two possible addresses that they could be at. I mean, he does know that Corey and Topang have been dating for two months. I'm yeah, way too I mean, qualified for this job. I just feel like <laughs> Topanga probably called an emotional state and gave away probably too much information. He just wrote down everything he could and asked follow-up questions. Probably. I mean, he does believe himself to be far too qualified. He probably did ask a lot of questions. But, yeah, I mean, I can make it work pretty easily. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Hiding the pig at Old McDonald's would be too obvious hiding him here is not too obvious uh so uh victor's not all bad though he's willing to slip sean a 20-foot boa constrictor under the table (laughs) (laughs) 
Where's he getting a boa constrictor that big in Philadelphia? I don't know. But if it's not, if the area is not zoned for a pig, where is he gonna? <laughs> he picked up the boa constrictor from somewhere. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> November. My guess is someone had a boa constrictor that just grew too big and they didn't want it anymore and or it escaped or they died and I don't know. <laughs> it's animal control. <sighs> but Topanga finally shows up. She found the owner and in walks Jonathan Turner. <laughs> uh, real quick, I will tell you that Ryder Strong is apparently 5'8". I was right, 5'8". <laughs> uh, ben Savage is also apparently 5'8". Will Friedle, 5'9". Daniel Fischel as 5'1". That's a big gap. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense why you you feel like Corey and Sean are so tall is because they're trying to make sure that you don't lose track of Tobago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Turner comes in. Uh, he's pretending to be a farmer outside of town and little Corey escaped from the farm and uh, you get a little sarcasm between him and uh, Victor. And uh, he finally turns the pig over to Turner. And uh, we get a nice little moment between Sean and Topanga where Topanga lets Sean know that he's not, she's known Sean just as long as she's known Corey. And he's not just her boyfriend's friend, he's her friend too. And it's kind of an apology to him for how she's behaved. Yeah, her and Zed are good friends. <laughs> Yeah. No, no I mean, Topanga needed to have a moment with Sean of understanding him better, and the two of them need to actually try to be friends outside of just Corey. They do. Yeah. And we'll see some of those moments throughout the series, um, especially uh, yeah, in a couple of seasons, around season mid through season five is one of the ones that really stands out to me when Sean will get chicken pox. But uh, um, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll get there, good looking people. And so we'll get to the tag. It's the end of the opera. There have been 10 curtain calls. Eric just can't get enough. Feeney wants to go home. And uh, now that uh, Eric has had this opera experience, when he meets a girl who enjoys it, he'll have something to connect with her. And there's these other things that, you know, art museums and other things that Mr. Feeney will take Eric to so that he can experience them and have those connection points just go home but mr feeney there's more wait who's who's that fat woman okay we can go home now <laughs> yeah not until the fat lady sings that's right good looking people and that is this little piggy yes it is so you know, i gotta say brett i i'm amazed in the fact of for Eric of this night turning around for him and 
uh, almost having switched energies with Mr. Feeney of excited and happy and Feeney's tired, exhausted and mm-hmm. over it. <laughs> it's a, it's a does, fun it's a fun change. Yeah. Yeah. It does give credence to Eric being interested in things other than just sports mm-hmm. and girls. He yeah. can have interest in art. Just mm-hmm. because he doesn't do the art doesn't mean he doesn't enjoy it and emotionally connect to it. Yep. We'll get to that later on. Oh, oh yes. Good looking people. We will definitely get to that. So, uh, now that we've talked about this little piggy, let's talk about some of the deep dives that may have elicited from Tyler. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. So, first of all, let's go ahead and start with pigs. And can you actually have them in an apartment? So, from an article I found, it's important that you are uh, in a stable, long-term living situation that is appropriate for a pig before you decide to adopt. Apartments are generally not suitable for pigs, especially if they lack first-floor access. Stairs are dangerous for them, and they all need plenty of outdoor time. Pigs who are unable to go outside will become bored and leading to destructive and other behavior and health problems. RV living is also generally a bad fit for pigs. So, you know, recommendation would be you probably shouldn't have a pig inside an apartment or any sort of confined space. You need to leave them outside and leave them, let them be pigs. My family has pigs. We have pigs with other families. We've been doing it for years. Now, I will say these are not pet pigs. They are pigs for meats. And it is very important that they have a good life while they are alive and that they're taken care of and they are fed well and they have time to just live and to be. And, you know, we are very thankful for the fact that we were able to do this and have good, well-fed, well-taken-care-of big meat. And, you know, every single time that we get new pigs, I always make sure that we go and see them and that, you know, we appreciate them while they're alive and also specifically after they have passed because they, they provide a lot for our families. So here are just some fun facts about pigs. Pigs are very clean animals. Hmm, didn't know that. Pigs can't sweat. Pigs are smarter than dogs. Mother pigs sing to their babies. Pigs love belly rubs. Pigs are excellent sense of direction. Pigs dream and like to sleep nose to nose. That's adorable. Pigs have excellent memories. Pigs suffer immensely on factory farms. That's a shame, and I don't like factory farms. Pigs are deserving of good life. I agree completely. Yeah, one of the reasons that pigs are often seen as being covered in mud is because they need that in order to survive the sun, and they need some sort of shading, so that way they can not overheat and also be able to just be comfortable. And I agree, they are quite smart, intelligent animals, so think they're both adorable, but also they're quite yummy. So it's just part of life. So I understand that some people might not like that. Yale or Yale, as uh, Eric described it. Founded in 1701, Yale has been dedicated to expanding and sharing knowledge, inspiring, innovating, and preserving culture and scientific information for future generations. It's located in New Haven, Connecticut. The uh, president currently is Peter Salvi. 
It is the 23rd president. I was trying to look up how many people on average that they actually admit, but uh, I could not find that. IvyLeagueCoach.com. So Ivy League admission statistics. Overall rating of the Ivy Leagues. Brown is 6.6. Columbia, 5.1. Cornell, 10.6. Darthma is 7.9. Harvard is 4.5. Penn is 7.4. Princeton is 5.8. And Yale is 5.9. That is quite fascinating. You know, Yale, Princeton, Harvard, and Columbia are like the two the is most competitive as far as acceptance rates are concerned. I'm not sure what it was in the 90s. There's no way that he would have been accepted into Harvard and we, or uh, Yale, and we all know that. Although, it's interesting that Yale's been brought up multiple times at this point. So, a book that that he brings up is What to Expect... When You're Raising a Pig, uh, which is a play on a famous book called What to Expect When You're Expecting. It's a guide for new moms or new parents in general. New York Times bestsellers list is on the 25 most influential books of the past 25 years. Essentially, it's just kind of a rough, hey, here are the things you should know. Here are the things to expect. Written by Heidi Markoff and... From my understanding, she's not like an expert in like parenting. It's just she realized there was a need for information and uh, she recruited some people to help her and collaborated with uh, journalists and nurses and basically just to make the best and most get the most information out there to help young moms uh, and young families. So what I expect and you're expecting. And also it was turned into a movie in uh, 2012. And I got to say, it is not bad. Oh, it did come out in 1984. The book did, sorry. And then the movie, 2012, lots and lots of people in this, this book, this movie. I actually grossed uh, $84 million. That's actually not too bad for this type of movie. Let's talk about Ride of the Valkyries. William Richard Wagner, born May 22, 1813. And passed February 13th, 1883. German composer, theater director, poemist, and conductor who is in, chiefly known for his opera. He has written a lot of influential music and still used today. And also very well known by people even who are not in uh, into musicals. Or uh, the orchestras. Ride of the Valkyries is probably one of his most famous, if not the most famous, songs he's ever written. It's actually part of a three act story. First, the beginning of Act Three of Dein Wagner, the second of four epic music dramas constituting Richard Wagner's Per Ring des Nibelungen. Nibelungen? I don't know. As a separate piece of the ride is often heard in purely instrumental versions, which may also be shortened as three minutes together the bridal course and the Lorgen. The Ride of the Valkyrie is one of the most well-known uh, pieces of Wagner. It's also spelled with a W, 
but the way the Germans do it, it's sounded out with a uh, like a V. Different times that uh, this has been used throughout the years. Uh, right, Ride of the Valkyrie, uh, Birth of the Nation in 1915, Scarlet Empress in 1934, The Lion Man in 1936, Red River Valley 1941. Eight and a half, 1963. No idea what that's all about. Mendoza Tarso, 1969. The Obscure Object of Desire in 1977. Seven Beauties, 1975. Apocalypse Now, 1979. That's uh, probably the most well-known one so far. The Blues Brothers, 1980. I know that's uh, one of Brett's. The Running Man, 1987. Another famous uh, movie. 24-Hour Party People. I don't know what that one is. 2002. Jarhead, 2005. I remember that one back in the day. Norbit. (laughs) Gross, 2007. Valkyrie, 2008. That's that's an interesting one. Watchmen, 2009. That's a good movie. Uh, Rango, 2011. Florence Foster Jenkins. Not sure what that is. 2016. And the last one that's popping up right now is Wrath of Man 2021. Also, apparently, Army of Thieves. Not sure what that is about. 2021 as well. So, uh, you know, for lack of better wording, this piece of music is very popular and it's it's something that has endured for a long time and that's just incredible that something that was written so long ago can still be a part of the zeitgeist and you know didn't get to talk about bugs money using it brett those are the deep dives so let's talk about what we learned you know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Tyler, what did you learn from this little piggy? You know, I think one of the things I learned, just mostly as a as a parent, in the small little bits I had, uh, Amy and Alan do a really good job this episode of listening and following up on. Helping their kid give more information to help them get the right answer mm-hmm. because ultimately Corey is they're not going to tell Corey this is how you should handle this they are primarily there to try to help guide him to what needs to be the right answer mm-hmm. and and to embrace whatever answer he gives you know if he decides to take a side he's got to stick to that side you know and, and to believe fully in that and you know, I like that he's like, well, this is this is a tough situation. He's like, yeah, well, so's the real world. Like, this is part of the real world is that you have to make choices and live with those choices, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you and I both know, Brett, that we, we've had to make choices for friendships. And, you know, some people that we thought we would always be friends with we're not really close with anymore because we've had to make other choices mm-hmm. you know the choice to spend more time with my sons than say spend time with a buddy is a choice i'll make every day because i want to be with my kids and i want them to for me to be a part of their life mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of that you have to make choices and, and live with those choices yep yeah, and uh, my lesson is that uh, 
especially as a parent, there'll be times when your, your child or, uh, perhaps your friend is going to have something that they need to do that you might disagree with, or you might just not understand, but because of where they're at emotionally or just where they're at in their life situation, they need to do for their own emotional health, for their own mental health, just as a way to connect for them. And you need to be big enough. You need to be loving enough to let them do that. In Sean's case, it was to take in a pig. You need to understand that. You need to make sure that it's safe. You need to, you know, don't let them be dangerous and, you know, potentially put themselves or other people in danger. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand it, take the time to understand it. Jonathan gave a great example of what it means to let someone do what they need to do there. He knew Sean needed something. He let Sean do that. He wanted nothing to do with the pig, but he let Sean do that because he knew he needed it. Mm-hmm. Topanga showed us what someone needs to not do. She inserted herself into a situation she didn't need to be in. She saw someone that was, she didn't realize that he was hurting and needed something. All she saw was what she wanted to see. And instead of talking to him and finding out why he was doing something she disagreed with, she put herself in and put her own thoughts in there, her own expectations in there. So as someone who, whether you're a parent, whether you're just a friend, be that person who's going to seek to understand and give grace and give space where it's needed. So Tyler. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? What do you grade this little piggy? I mean, it feels weird to say this, um, but this is as average of an episode as Boy Meets World can have. Like, it wasn't a fire trash. Like, I said that the story was simple, but it doesn't mean that it was bad. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that things weren't really good at certain spots. Like I said, the, the advice that Amy and Alan gave was terrific. Mm-hmm. And even the way that Corey dealt with this stuff is terrific. And, you know, Eric going to the opera was awesome <laughs> with Feeney. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I got to give this one just a straight up C. It just... It, it is what it is. It's right down the middle, uh, as middle as it can be. Um, yeah. It was both not amazing, but also it was not fire trash. So it was just a straight down the middle basic episode. Yep. I like that analogy. Right down the middle, C is right where I had it. It's it's pretty pretty average. It's It's got a good message. It's... It it teaches a, a good solid principle, and you know, it, it's not bad. It's not standout. It's it's an average episode. Yeah, it's not one that I'd avoid. Like, 
if we're doing a marathon, like I'll play, I'll, we'll put this one on, but it's not, it's also not one that I'm like, this is one we gotta watch. Yeah, it's not one I seek out, but it's not yep. one that I skip either. Yeah. <laughs> so before we go, I've got a dad joke for you. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> what kind of exercise do lazy people do? To the fridge and back. Diddly squats. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so good looking people, that's all we got for you this week. We thank you for checking us out and giving us a listen. And uh, we invite you to check us out online at our social profiles at Dad's Meat World, at Facebook, at Instagram, on Twitter, slash X. Send us an email at dazmeworld at gmail.com. And if you find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star review and a rating. And uh, that helps us other, other people to find us. And uh, yeah. if you find us on YouTube, leave some comments, some likes. That'll help other people find us, too. We respond. We answer emails. Read them on the air. We'd love to have more interactions with you. Yeah, tell us what's going on. We know you're out there. Yeah, and if you like us enough... And you'll want to wear our faces on you or put stickers of us on and our show on stuff. We got a shop with all kinds of swag. Dazmeatworld.threadless.com. Great stuff there. Hey, these t-shirts are comfy. I'll tell you that much. I actually really enjoy wearing my hoodie and my sweatshirt. Like my hoodie and my shirt. Like I... I prefer to wear them over almost any other clothing I've done. They, got. They are very comfy. I wear mine a lot. <laughs> well, until next time, good-looking people. And Tyler, dad number two. They want you to take the rolls. See you, good-looking. I'll see you. They want you to take the rolls. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Let's back up for a second. Actually, let's see, and hopefully I'll cut this part out.